Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Making my cat happy is my number one priority, and Fresh Step Outstretch litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty, for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh, and Fresh Step Outstretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? Happy cat, happy life. Find Fresh Step Outstretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Welcome back into another edition of College Golf Talk. Steve Burkowski, Brentley Romine with you. A big Wednesday. We've got everything covered from coast to coast. I'm in Mexico. We've got a special guest joining us from the golden state of California. And once again, Brentley, you're locked in the garage. You've upset the <laughs> women of your household. And uh, you might be in timeout. But a worthy timeout considering how hard you worked for our regional show earlier today. It's one of the best hours in television. The reason I wouldn't say it's the best hours because we got to do it again next week for the men. But no, I, I really enjoy doing the show. And I am not in timeout for the record. I actually took Mary to the library. We just got back. Uh, she only found one stray animal cracker to put in her mouth. So that was a little bit scary. But all is good. Um, she, she, didn't, she didn't start foaming at the mouth. And uh, she's inside eating dinner right now. That's a bonus. It's natural immunity. You've got to get these kids in the dirt playing. They got you got to build them up, build them up so they're healthier down the road. Um, I digress. It was a lot of fun. Great to see. We're going to go through all the regionals. Uh, but as we said, a special guest joining us, USC women's head golf coach Justin Silverstein. Uh, always good to have you on the program, my friend. Appreciate you taking some time. Before we get into the regionals, let's go back a little bit of what has seemingly been a postseason run by USC. When it gets to conferences, when it gets to regionals, you guys always are right there, if not winning in the mix. Uh, how satisfying was it to see your group uh, take home another conference championship? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate being back on. Uh, that was a really good win. That was a very, very satisfying win. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to win at least one postseason event. Uh, every year that I've been head coach, uh, happy to have that streak continue. That's a good one. Uh, but this one was really satisfying, having six players contribute, the first sub we've ever made, um, and it worked out really well. Uh, so having that be like a complete team win at a place we were at a few weeks before and played really poorly. Uh, so to bounce back, prepare really well, and, and walk away from Papago with a win was a big deal. Uh, nice shot in the arm for the group. Nice reward for working hard. And get a little positive vibes going here for the rest of the season. We always hear coaches or maybe more like Brentley and myself saying, all right, this is going to have them peak at the right time. And they're going to try to build off, off of this from a coaching standpoint, how, if at all, can this set you up for the next four weeks? Uh, I, I just think the positive reward for, for hard work is good for, 
for anybody, but especially teenagers and young golfers, um, you know, we, we really buckled down after Papago. We had a, a very long discussion in the pavilion uh, lunch area after our final round at ASU's event and talked about some things that, that were starting to go downhill again that have happened multiple times this season and, and what we could do to correct it. So we, when we got back to campus, we really got to work and they focused. And for our 20 hours a week that we're allotted, they brought it. Um, so I just think seeing the positive feedback from that is great and uh, kind of gave them a blueprint for what they need to do to get prepared for, you know, the Pullman Regional coming up and then hopefully Greyhawk after that. Justin, obviously, when people talk about USC, the first player that comes to mind is Samari Avery. And I mean, you call her the kid for a reason. I mean, she's an absolute superstar. She's a stud. But looking further down your lineup, who are a couple players who you see really being key for you uh, next week and hopefully beyond? Uh, you know, Malia Nam has really come on here strong the past few weeks. Uh, you know, l- last season, some people know, some don't. She had a torn labrum, had that operated on, uh, got that fixed up. Her rehab had a couple setbacks. We're hoping to maybe get her back for postseason last year. It didn't work out. Um, so she was able to, to extend that rehab through summer and get right. But she hadn't played golf for you know, over a year. And then even before that, was playing half a season because of COVID. So she was really competition raw. And, and I think what we're seeing right now is, um, you know, her getting back in her tournament rhythm. Uh, she's much stronger than she was pre-injury. And she was crazy long before injury. So she's driving it about as well as anyone I've ever seen, except for maybe Amari. But she might be driving it as well as Amari is right now. Um, so having her back running all cylinders is great. Um, and then Cindy Coe, uh, is coming on. She's a really, really highly accomplished junior golfer who got off to a great start at USC and struggled last spring. She's on the brink of, of being back to where she thinks she needs to be, which is in the upper echelon of players in the country. Um, she's hitting the ball as well. She's hit it at USC and cause golf is really hard. Her putting's kind of struggled the past couple of weeks, but she's a great putter. That's not going to be an issue. Um, so I believe Cindy will, will get things going, um, really positively in the right direction. And then, I know I'm going on here for a while, Bentley, but Catherine Park has really been a big stabilizing factor for us as a freshman. Uh, we knew she was a monster when we recruited her. Uh, she was as good as anyone in that class as far as, you know, our ratings are concerned. It took a little longer to get her game fully developed than we thought, um, but she came back uh, in January uh, and worked really hard, and she's seeing the fruits of that uh, hard work pay off right now. So uh, second at – Silverado, which is a monster event, a third at Pac-12s, and, and she's off and running and playing as well as anybody in the country. So uh, I think those three, along with Amari, uh, have got us going in a good direction. It's all coming together for the women of Troy. We'll see if they can keep it going. Justin, you alluded to the Pullman Regional. We'll start there because that is where USC is going as a three seed. What's your initial reaction to going to Palouse Ridge, which I hear is phenomenal, and we also know it could be 48 degrees every day. I've been there once. Uh, I was with Laura Ionello. I think it's my first year as her assistant. Our practice round got snowed out um, slash rained out. It was a little little combo platter there. Great golf course. Reminds me a lot of one of our home facilities here in Trump National Palace Verdes. Uh, difficult golf course, which I think if you talk to any coach is what they want at regionals. You want something that separates uh, the super, the teams that are playing great golf from the ones that aren't. So I was pleased to go there. We're not going to have to change time zones the rest of the year, which is a great deal. Um, get to travel with Stanford again, you know, a team we're really comfortable with. Uh, our girls are friends with all their players. We're friends with the coaching staff. So some level of comfort there is great. Um, you know, Baylor's an unbelievable two seed. 
Clemson just had an unbelievable run at ACCs and beat, you know, I know Wake won the stroke play, but topping Wake, who's the hottest team in the country this year. Um, so that regional looks pretty balanced. A um, couple of West Coast teams, a couple of good teams from the SEC, a couple of good teams from the East Coast. So um, I think they did a good job seeding this one and, and across the board looks like a bunch of good teams. I'm curious your standpoint, as you said, you're not going to change time zones. You look at it, Clemson, Kentucky, North Carolina. What are the challenges when you're going east to west, west to east? Some schools might also be finishing up exams. A lot of things we don't think about when we're looking at scores or refreshing the golf stat. It's really difficult uh, to change time zones this time of year. I mean, we just, I was just on the phone with our assistant coach Tiffany Joe and our director of operations trying to book our flight. We're going to have to connect and drive to get there. It's a very difficult place to get to. We're going to have four kids taking exams during this championship, I believe, um, which is very difficult. So again, that's the main reason I'm happy we don't have to change time zones, but Kentucky's going to have a tough travel Clemson in as well. But, you know, as a coach, you worry about it, but then you realize you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds who can run on a little less sleep and, and be fine. Um, it's kind of how they're wired. So, uh, I know all these major athletic departments have people in them that, that help us with this travel travel and help you kind of figure out when you should be getting the kids up and when you should be flying. So I'm sure they'll be utilizing those resources. Um, but just where our regional championships fall on the calendar, it's the exam thing is something you're constantly fighting. I actually think, Burko, that uh, I think Justin's squad uh, got a pretty easy draw. I, I'm, I, I'm looking at this and, and you look at some teams that have, kind of come on at late. I mean, you talk about Clemson, but that's match play. And historically, these programs, I mean, I don't know when the last time Clemson has been to the NCAA championship, but Kentucky got there last year for the first time ever. Texas Tech hasn't been since 17. North Carolina hasn't been since 17. UNLV hasn't been since 15, I think, when they had Dana Finkelstein. And Houston's never been. So you have all these teams behind them. And then Stanford's banged up. I, I kind of like where USC is right now. Is that is that fair, Justin? I think that's fair. I think you can probably play that game with a lot of these regionals. I mean, these teams are obviously very good, and that's why they're in the field. But I think the time zone thing is a big advantage, especially being a three seed getting to stay in your time zone. Like Stanford clearly earned that right to stay in their time zone, being the number one ranked team. So we're a little bit fortunate to get that. But uh, we'll take that good break and that, that stroke of good luck uh, and try to run with it as far as we can. It's all because you won but, and Pac-12s and moved up a couple. Otherwise, you would have been headed to San moved, Antonio. Moved up one. But luckily, I listened to your guys' podcast prior to the new rankings coming out, and I learned that we weren't going to move up too many spots because it's just one tournament in the rankings. <laughs> hey, Brentley, we found our one listener. I know. Well, I, think, I, 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 I think we got like seven, but we're, oh, we're almost yeah. at double digits. All right, let's pivot to Raleigh, Lonnie Poole, North Carolina State hosting. You've got Wake Forest, Arizona State, Florida State, Florida, Arizona, North Texas, TCU, NC State, Purdue, Nebraska, Campbell, Richmond. Uh, as we, we look, Justin, at this regional, I want to go bigger picture. A year ago, 24 teams for the ladies made it to the national championships. Now there are 30. What is your perspective from a perennial power with the addition of six more teams having an opportunity for a national title? I think it's great. I think it's one of the best things the NCAA has done for our sport in a while. Uh, more opportunity for a sport that's growing very fast is, is a good thing. Uh, equal numbers, the men, although I know the percentages don't play out exactly, but them having 30 teams and us having 30 teams seems to make sense. 
uh, especially at a facility that can hold it like Rayhawk can, big range, big practice facilities. Um, so we're able to have that. I think it's a really, really good thing for our sport. I think it's a good thing for the athletes and the coaches. Um, as you guys know, coaching is getting quite competitive and departments are paying attention when teams don't get to regionals or get to nationals. So I think it's a good thing that we have more teams at the national championships so we can showcase the talent that's up and coming both on the coaching side and the um, student athlete side. Yeah, Brentley, it was something I ended our selection show with and you can spin in any which way, but I think it is more of a comfort level for the best teams that will ensure a stronger field. And not that it's not been strong at the national championships, but 54 holes and you don't get that outlier. Let's say like NC State as an eight seed hosting. I've been a big believer, right or wrong. Host schools, if they're remotely good, are making it to Greyhawk. That's how much I believe in the home course advantage. So I think if you're in Raleigh, and let's say it's either Arizona or Arizona State, you're not thinking, oh, gosh, we're playing for three spots, assuming the Wolf Pack show up, take care of business at home. So I love that decision because I think long term you're going to see that 11th team in the country, that 15th team in the country, a two or three seed <laughs> that might have got behind the eight ball. It's going to give them more of a chance to get there. Yeah, it, it, it should theoretically favor an NC State or a Georgia playing as a five seed at home, too. But I, I also think it was interesting because I know that Wake Forest, they wanted to go to uh, NC State. They wanted to play Lonnie Poole. And I think you see it with some of these campus courses and these teams that actually host events that it, maybe it's not quite as big of an advantage because a lot of these other players have seen that course because they've played in those tournaments. Whereas a team like LSU, when they hosted a couple years ago, now it's a little bit too soon for uh, – for that they they either don't play any golf or they have an advantage because they don't host an event other teams haven't seen it but anyways uh, <laughs> my my one LSU shot of the entire season um but yeah so i i i i think yes nc nc state should should have probably a good chance of getting through but at the same time i mean wake forest has seen this golf course i, I bet you I, I don't know if florida state's ever played their event but but still i mean I don't know what I'm saying. I, I'm just starting to ramble Burko, but I will tell you a couple teams that I do like out of this regional. I like Arizona just in the fact that they had a really good fall. I think they were ranked like 13th in the country. They really struggled for a stretch there in the spring. I think they were like 13th or worse in back-to-back -back events before getting to Pac-12s. But they kind of figured things out. They were fourth at Pac-12s, so maybe a little bit of momentum. I know that's a young team. Uh, Florida States, we've talked about them before with the three-headed monster at the top of the lineup there. Arizona State, super young team. They should get through. Um, really, the only top five seed I'm more concerned about is just Florida because they haven't gotten through the last two years. I mean, I kinda, I'll kind of, i let you take the ball on uh, this one, Burko, but I, I'm a little concerned about the Gators just in the fact that you know, a lot of the players on the roster have some bad memories when it uh, when it comes to this time of the year. Yeah, there needs to be more consistency, especially from the bottom half of the lineup. And you, Justin can attest as a coach, you always want to see your four or five players in it. But um, ranking-wise, statistically, they're too good not to make it. But as we know, each and every year, there's going to be a top 15 team that, that doesn't perform. Um, I'm curious with Arizona State, as you said, very young, talented, Maybe the journey west to east if things don't pan out. And again, I'm deferring Which to the fact that Which has happened before. Think, they've they've yes. traveled east and not gotten through. 
Yeah, just food for thought because I really think NC State, whether other teams have seen it or not, I've, uh, I've long said it is a stroke per round per counting scores. So to me, before they even tee it up, they're 12 clear of everyone else. That doesn't mean that doesn't disappear in nine holes, but that's something um, I've always thought about. On the flip side, Casey Martin, when they hosted the NCAAs uh, at Eugene Country Club, he said, absolutely, it's an advantage. And there's everything going our way. But don't forget about the pressure, the expectation that you're supposed to get through when you are at home. So we're still talking about uh, teenagers, if you will, uh, for the most part. So that's in Raleigh, Palm Beach Gardens, PGA National, LSU, Texas, Northwestern, UCF. When's the last time we've seen Duke as a five seed? Michigan State, Cal, Arkansas, Alabama, South Florida, Penn, and Quinnipiac, the national champs in hockey this past season. Um, Justin, when you look at that, we know how PGA National plays each and every year at the Honda Classic. Something I threw on the show when the men's had a regional there a year ago, all five teams were Southeast based. Uh, Notre Dame shot a million over, actually 20 over on that final day. What are the challenges? We talked about the travel and the time change, but when you see a Northwestern, a Michigan State, a Cal having to go to one of the more demanding tracks the PGA Tour has all year. I think your point about the Southeast teams having success there makes total sense. Um, I know Northwestern takes a travel trip down there when they're in some cold weather, so they'll have a nice little um, advantage with some familiarity there. A team I have my eye on is Duke because really, really good roster of great AJGA players, and they had a longtime monster AJGA Invitational at PJ National. Those kids are going to be really, really comfortable on site there, and I can, I can say that. Because a week or two ago on the putting green at Rolling Hills, all my girls that were AJJ All-Americans that played in that tournament were like, if we get shipped out, that's where we want to go. Because that place is so nasty, having seen it before, having seen that grass, like that give us a huge advantage. So I think Duke kind of has a nice sweet spot there. Also Alabama, like Mick Potter spent a lot of time there. A lot of kids on that roster have played that golf course. Um, so I think that's a monster, monster advantage. Um, and again, UCF. Familiar grass, familiar weather. That, that'll be a really big deal. Brentley, I know you're expecting volatility in this one, perhaps more than any other. Did I say that? I think yeah, that's I what you I threw did. up on the show. I did. Drama. Drama, just like the men's last year. You're, you're, you're really high on Northwestern, though, Burko. So. I'm bullish, and I want to see. So, Justin, we, you had a two-event stretch that you played in both. Northwestern goes out to Arizona State's event, wins by 14. They go out to Napa. They win by seven. Those fields as good as any. I loved when Emily Fletcher, uh, who joined us on the program, said we take a trip down every January to PGA National. They also played two events in the state of Florida. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I want to say they were a combined 58 or 68 under par at the UCF Invitational and Moon, Moon Golf. Golf. This team yeah. is eerily reminiscent to the squad that almost won it all in 2017. What have you seen from Northwestern in your encounters with them this year? I think they're as well coached of a golf team as any in the country. I have as much respect or more for Emily than, than anyone else. She does such a good job there. She, she recruits really hard. Her teams play super disciplined golf. Uh, I know they practice really disciplined, so it's no surprise to see them keep getting better as the year goes on. 
the golf they played at Papago was as good as I've seen in a, in a long, long time. We were on the range at Silverado the next week, and I walked over to them, and I'm like, to Emily and Beth, their two coaches, I'm like, guys, I got to go back in 10 days. Like, you got anything for me? And they're like, no, we were just out here kind of – we had a little training trip out to the desert before, worked on our wedges, worked on our short irons, and drove it really well. It was, and it was just that simple. Um, and that's kind of what they do. They, they have a system. They stick to it. Um, and just like I said, as the years goes on, as the practice days stack up, they get better. So um, I, I think we can, you know, calmly say that Northwestern's good is as good as pretty much anybody in the country. They went head to head with Wake at one of those Florida events. Uh, maybe should have taken them down. I know Wake made a late charge and Northwestern made a couple late bogeys, but um, they're good as super elite. But it's no surprise to us. They recruited a high level and they have two great coaches. Brentley, you buying, selling? No, I, 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 I'm on board. I, I, after hearing, after hearing what uh, Justin said, I, I, I trust his judgment. I, I think LSU. Speaking about teams excited about where they were going, I, I know I texted Garrett uh, just a little bit ago, and, and uh, that was kind of his first choice, just because it's a really tough golf course. Um, he's got some players who have played that AJG, AJGA event, the Polo or the Rolex, whatever you know, whatever, whatever they call it now. I, I don't think that they're not there anymore, are they? Do, do they still they play moved it to, now? they moved it to San Antonio where this regional, uh, <laughs> the San Antonio regional is. Of course they did. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think LSU is kind of a lock just because they got some, uh, some players who can really move the ball and um, really good tee to green. Texas is reeling a little bit. They were just seventh at the big 12. There's only nine teams in, in the big 12 go figure, but uh, they only beat two of them. So that's not exactly the momentum that you want uh, going in. Arkansas, uh, I, I'm just not too high on them. 17th, 12th, 10th, 13th. Those are their last four finishes. So 13th at SECs. That's not inspiring. But teams that I do like, I like Michigan State just because of the emotional um, roller coaster that, that that they've been on, the tragedy at campus, how they've kind of bonded and, and, and rallied around that. and. Um, uh were were pretty impressive uh I, I watched them play at moon golf and they were, I think they were like fifth but they had a really really good final round so um that'll be a team that's easy to root for and then UCF my alma mater I don't really talk about that too much uh uh that I'm a knight but uh they, they've they've had some adversity too I mean we've we had a hurricane here last fall and their their home golf course, which wasn't that good anyways, and I can say that because it was my home golf course growing up, Twin Rivers, but uh, their practice facility was five feet underwater, so they lost like a $40,000 putt view room that they had just put in, like virtual green, lost all their lockers, everything, and so basically for the entire season, as they've tried to get that rebuilt, they've had, as their head coach Emily Marin has joked, basically a garbage can full of balls and grass. And she's put like some inspirational quotes that you would normally have kind of permanently inside your facility on your locker room and stuff. She's made like signs and put them on the range, like 1% better each day. So they've kind of had to, to slum it for a little bit, but um, you know, they, they played poorly at that event that they went to at the blessings right after that. But ever since then, they've been really, really solid. So um, they've, they've made it one other time. I think it was back in 2019 at the blessings that they've been to the championship actually went out to Washington in the regional and, and played really well as an eight seed. So better seeding this time they're supposed to get through. And uh, I, I think there's something to be said about, you know, just being in your home state and being familiar with the grasses as, as, as Jim Gallagher mentioned quite a few times on, on the selection show about the importance of uh, grass, but 
I, I think it's actually, you know, a good point. Athens Regional, I can't quite wrap my head hands around all of it. South Carolina, a one seed, toughest schedule in the country. They haven't won all year. San Jose State has shown flashes of brilliance. They're going west to east. Is Old Miss closer to the team they were two years ago or not? Georgia is a five seed hosting. I think that is as much of a lock as, as any team out here at any regional, perhaps. I'm going to give you a couple of things that where I think you might see an eight, nine, 10 team make a charge. Kansas is ninth. Furman is 10th. Lindsey Cool, Jeff Hull, the head coaches of Kansas and Furman, are both former assistant golf coaches at the University of Georgia. Take that for whatever you want, but I just look at the top five and I sit here and I say, something's going to happen in this regional. Uh, and Justin, maybe those two head coaches bringing lesser ranked teams, if you will, can lean on that past experience uh, when they were assistants in Athens. I have both of those teams highlighted. I'm a little rundown here. Uh, I'll talk about Kansas first. Kansas uh, putts really well. And Lindsay's done a great job with that program since she's taken over. They do a lot of our putting stuff, uh, kind of myself and Chris Zambri's decade putting stuff that's in the app. And we can see their data. And they do as much putting practice as any team in the country. They're as, as focused on speed control on the greens as any women's team in the country. And I think that'll that'll be a really good – asset to have at UGA's golf course, especially that time of year. Um, so I think that team will be prepared on the greens. And then Furman coming off another conference win. Uh, pretty easy trip to Athens. Very familiar with that golf course. I think, I think they're in a good spot there as well. Um, you know, one note I have here is the golf course is going to be way different than it is for the Liz Murphy every year. Uh, we were fortunate enough to win a national championship there in 2013. You know, the overseas kicked in a couple weeks after the Liz Murphy. It's usually pretty dormant for the regular season event there. So those players and those coaches that have only seen it for their March event are going to see a completely different golf course. Um, while the layout's the same, yardages will be completely different. It'll be much warmer as well. So I think that's something to watch. That the familiarity with the site is good, but you know the recollection of what the golf ball is doing on the ground and even in the air is going to be a little different. What are you thinking about Athens, Brentley? Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting point because you look at this regional when South Carolina played in the Liz Murphy this year. Obviously, Georgia did and College of Charleston, too, who's the eight seed. Um, yeah, it, I mean, does that hurt them? You know, do they go there thinking that, all right, we got this place figured out and then it's, you know, it kind of trips them up a little bit. But um, I, I think South Carolina, even though they haven't won, they finished second a ton, third a ton. As you mentioned, Burko, toughest schedule in the country, according to the Sagger. And so they'll be fine. Uh, I think San Jose State has really impressed me over the last couple of years. I mean, well coached, uh, pretty pretty resilient bunch and um, have some really good players at the, at, at the top of that lineup. Uh, Ole Miss it has kind of been up and down, but I think they're in a lot better uh, spot this year at this time than they were last year. Um, Andre Lignell has sort of developed into kind of a bona fide star for them and that she's either winning tournaments or she's right there contending. So um, top three teams really strong. You, you kind of wonder with uh, Ohio State, maybe are are they a year away? Um, you know, but they'll, they'll probably get through too. I mean, I, I, I think I have all chalk in this. I, I know Maryland might be kind of a sleeper pick. Um, second year under their head coach, Kelly Hovland, 
didn't get it done. We're one of the, I think they were second team out last year. So, you know, they'll, they'll be itching to, to finally get through. But the one thing about Kansas, they've only, this is their only second regional in, in school history. Their first one was 2014. And that year they actually made it through and made it through to the uh, NCAA championship. So um, they're one for one, looking to make it two for two. That could be the team, you know, e- either them or Furman. Um, I don't see anybody else. I know Kent State's won like 97 MAC titles in a row, but I don't know if that <clears throat> quite translates uh, to University 20, of Georgia. 24, golf let's, let's, yeah. let's get the math Se- correct. 23 uh, of 73, yeah. That's why he's in the garage, Justin. It answers a lot of questions we all have. Hey, I was uh, intentionally hyperbolic because I didn't know the exact number, so I was intentionally hyperbolic uh, and said 97, which someone might actually take me seriously, so I probably shouldn't do that. Let's tighten it up, please. Let's go to Westfield, not New Jersey, not my hometown, but Westfield, Indiana, where Chatham Hills Golf Club will play host. You've got sort of an eclectic mix from my quick reaction looking at it earlier today. Mississippi State is the one seed, Oregon, Vanderbilt. Iowa State, Virginia, Tulsa, Tennessee, Michigan, Oregon State, and Xavier, the top 10. What, uh, when you look at it, Brentley and Justin, like what, what stands out and, and, and what doesn't? Obviously, Mississippi State the last few years trending nicely. Derek Radley's building something in Eugene. Um, but after that, to me, there's – I don't want to say questions. I, I'm just not sure what three through eight – will will bring and that's not a knock on any of them i just think it could be one of those weeks for for someone to not have their best stuff and maybe michigan or maybe xavier goes in and steals it just being in a more familiar part of the country form i think this is a really well balanced regional as well and like you said kind of an eclectic group meeting in the middle of the country fight it out for a couple spots i think uh this will be a really interesting regional I want to go and look at the top a little bit. Like the job they, that coaching staff's done at Mississippi State is insane. Like that is a really, really good golf team with some really, really elite top end talent. Um, so Charlie's done an amazing job there. And, you know, the job Derek's done at Oregon's, you know, pretty well written about. Um, but he's done an amazing I, job. But I was I thought you were going like, to say how, pretty, pretty decent. I thought, I thought you were going to take a little. No, I'll give him a shot. little credit. I'm a, I'm a little tough on him most of the time. I'll give him a little credit here. But what Iowa State, they broke the scoring record this year, didn't they? 60 under, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Silverado, right? No, it was uh, Tucson. Oh, yeah, Tucson, Tucson. You're right. But, yeah, yeah they've done an amazing job legit. this year. And Virginia has also got some top-end talent on that roster, too. So this will be a, uh, this will be a really interesting original. Yeah, Burko, a right. uh, couple yeah. teams, Tennessee – uh, another well-coached team. Virginia as a five is pretty scary, I think. Vanderbilt is interesting. They're they're having one of their better years in recent memory. Uh, they have some really good players like Celine Saddlecow um, is an, an all-American type player. So they're they're pretty dangerous. Lipscomb's probably my 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 favorite story and the fact that they're they have an interim head coach. It's their first regional bid ever. A Sun champs for the first time. Shannon O'Brien's done a great job considering that she was a professional soccer player less than a decade ago. And she was a goalkeeper's coach for Lipscomb up until maybe about a year ago. And then full-time went over to the uh, golf team. And now all of a sudden she's coached the team to the best uh, season ever. So if that 
doesn't solidify your spot as a permanent head coach moving forward, especially at a smaller school. I don't know what does, but uh, I, I digress on that, but uh, that's, that's, that's a Cinderella team that we talk about, you know, maybe Michigan state being a team you can root for. That's kind of one that I'm, maybe silently or maybe not silently silently now rooting for because that I, I think that'd be pretty cool the last regional in texas tpc san antonio texas a&m the one seed followed by auburn pepperdine oklahoma state smu ucla new mexico denver illinois sam houston louisiana monroe missouri state Talking about great coaching jobs, Justin, what Garrett Chadwell has done in a couple of years. Auburn seemingly in the postseason somehow, some way, does something magical. Pepperdine, as good as we've seen them in recent times. Uh, what else jumps out to you when you look at uh, San Antonio? This was the one I was probably most excited to talk about. I think there are 10, if you include Pepperdine, conference champions in this field. That has to, I mean, that's 10 out of 12. That has to be a record. Um, Pepperdine's isn't listed Brentley because it's not an official AQ because I don't have enough teams in their conference, but it's pretty impressive. Uh, so a lot of teams that are riding some highs here. Uh, SMU's got a player that's probably as hot as anybody in the country in Michelle Zhang, freshman. Uh, the other Zhang. Works with, the other Zhang, yeah, works with Cameron McCormick in Dallas at their home facility. She's kind of peaking right now, really good junior golfer. Uh, and Pepperdine, like you brought up, Burko, kind of quietly plotting along really nice roster nice coaching job by coach Gibbs to get them prepped and they're feeling really good Khalil Romero just won the West Coast Conference individual championship um, so they're kind of just quietly taking care of their business and playing some really really nice golf they tied Stanford at the Silicon Valley Showcase right before conference so they've got to be feeling good going into this event um, but just the sheer amount of conference champions in this field was like staggering when I got the email from the uh, coach association He's trying to take my job, Burko. He's he's more prepared than than either of us have, have ever well, been for uh, one of these spots. There, there's speak, some... speak for yourself, my friend. Speak yeah, that's yourself. true. That's true. There, there's some really like stud individuals in this. When you look at Crystal Wing from Illinois, um, Michelle Zhang from SMU, uh, Madison Henson Tolcher from Oklahoma State, who just had a really good Big 12s. I mean, Texas A&M uh, has got Jenny Park. I mean, Pepperdine, uh, Janith Wong, like there's there's some really good players. So th this is going to be a fun uh, individual race, if if not a team race, and potentially Kerry Forsyth's last uh, last event as a as a head coach. You know, UCLA the sixth seed, so not favored, I guess, to to make it through, if you will. And so this could be a going out party. I mean, UCLA still remains the I mean, they've won two national titles, but they also have the dubious record of being the only number one seed to ever not make it through. So, um, but no, a great, great career for Carrie. Uh, uh, I know Justin has gone head to head, toe to toe with her for 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 quite a long time, and uh, hopefully, it's not the last one. And they made the semifinals last year at at Greyhawk. I'd like to see maybe one more, you know, and and, and have her really have a a, a pretty good send off. Justin, we got about a minute to go. What do you do between now and, gosh, what, 11 days from now when you tee it off? How do you go about it as a coach? How do you prepare your young women uh, that you lead to, to be as ready as, as they possibly can be? We try to keep things kind of business as normal. I guess uh, one of the biggest benefits of having a very stringent system of practice is you kind of just keep doing it day in, day out. 
Uh, one thing I learned from Andrea Gaston when I worked under her at USC was um, this time of year, uh, quality is much more important than quantity. Uh, some of our kids are getting bogged down pretty hard in school. So practices actually get a little shorter, which uh, people might think we do kind of the opposite this time of year. But we go a little less hours, go a little harder during those those hours, though, um, and then get them out and get them over to our academic center so they can study. So kind of business as usual with us. Um but keeping a, a really close eye on their schoolwork and their stress levels and trying to maintain those. Justin, always a pleasure. Congratulations again on another conference championship. Brentley and I will put our resumes on LinkedIn since you'll be uh, taking <laughs> over the podcast. Same time next week. <laughs> moving <laughs> forward. next uh, week, Justin. But great insight. We always love catching up. Uh, play well at Palouse and look forward to seeing you guys at Greyhawk next month. Awesome. Thanks again for having me, guys. Appreciate the coverage. We'll leave it to Justin Silverstein to show us up to have more intel on what we consider a, uh, our wheelhouse. Uh, all kidding aside, it, it was kind of cool to see things from a coach's perspective that maybe we didn't see, validate some thoughts we had, and also give us something to consider moving forward. Yeah, he had really good insight, I thought. I thought the Northwestern insight was really, really interesting. The, the stat about all of the uh, conference championships at the San Antonio Regional is something I didn't even think about. So, again, that's why uh, he's a college golf coach, and we just uh, pretend to know a little bit about college golf. It just keeps me more bullish on those Wildcats. Keep an eye on Emily Fletcher's team uh, the rest of the way through. Let's pivot from the women to the men. We'll have a selection show for the gentlemen a week from now as we did today with the ladies, but let's talk some conference championships Sunday, Sea Island, Gators, Vandy rematch, Florida prevails. I've talked for a long time about the big three playing well. If you get Matthew Kress to continue what he did and John Dubois to show some fight, ifs and buts, we said it last week, uh, Florida's legit. Florida can win it all if this combination stays somewhat in the realm of how they played uh, last weekend. And you, you forgot about USGA Ricky showing up. I mean, the, the version of Ricky Castillo that finishes top 10 in, in tournaments, that's a really good uh, player to have at or near the top of your lineup. So not, not a great week for Fred Biondi, but when you look at the fact that Florida, they finished third in the stroke play, only five shots behind Tennessee, which had a great week. Vanderbilt T4, um, it, I don't take too much stock in match play, Burko. Obviously, you have to win three matches to win a national championship. But I, I, I like how they played in stroke play, too, because that's been the hurdle for J.C. Deacon in the Gators for, I mean, gosh, ever since he's been there. It's just they always seem to be needing a, a big rally on that last day of stroke play, and, and they just dig their dig themselves way too big of a hole early. Yeah, uh, it'll be curious to see how Vandy bounces back from that. Similar to what I said on the selection show today, Wake women didn't win the ACC. When you're as good, and they're both arguably the very best teams in women and men's college golf right now, I think it's a good wake-up call to be like, hey, guys, we can't just show up. We, we, we've got yeah. to put in the work. Everyone's, uh, you know, coming to, to, to give us their very best. So, um, Are they still the favorites? Yeah, considering the fact that North Carolina, as we transition to the ACC championships, can make the argument it was their worst tournament of the year. 
that that was shocking. I mean, to tie for six in the ACC, I mean, nothing against that conference, but it, it's it's very top half heavy, I think. And did I not call Georgia Tech or, or, or did I not call Georgia Tech? I'm going to assume you called Georgia Tech last I did. week because I can't 16 remember. 16-shot win. Yeah. Hiroshi tie. I mean, th- th- this is a cool story, too. I mean, we, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, I think Hiroshi Tai has like got to be like 21 or 22 by now. But re- remember, he went, he, he signed with Georgia Tech and then deferred like two years to to go back to Singapore, serve his mandatory 22 month national service, and then he shows up at Georgia Tech last spring, doesn't play, um, just kind of gets acclimated. He's he's won some events this year. I mean, second at ACCs. This is why Georgia Tech's got to be one of the top. I mean, they're ranked 12th in the country right now. They'll probably be a little bit higher than that. But this is a reason why they're probably one of the best five or six teams in the country right now. I mean, they're they're scary good. I, I actually like them better than, than, than North Carolina right now. Yeah, it was um, perplexing, I guess is a good word. I know they had some weather issues up there. It wasn't necessarily um, the best, but um, – Hey, it's going to be 180 degrees in in uh, in, in uh, Arizona in a, a few weeks. So yeah, well, hey, it's a dry heat, dry heat. But kudos to you and and Tech. And then uh, on this Wednesday, as we record, Big 12s finishing up. Prairie Dunes looked like they were bundled up. Oklahoma cruises <laughs> to their that second was bad weather. That was so conference bad. championship. Uh, and Ludwig Aberg sort of said, "See everyone." Uh, there, there's no question who was going to win that tournament individually. And uh, you, we've all learned you don't overlook Ryan Hibble's teams, uh, especially uh, in the postseason. And now I think Ludwig Aberg right there in the conversation for National Player of the Year in the Haskins Award. I think he's past Gordon Sargent. I mean, especially when you look at the fact that right now they have the same amount of victories and Ludwig's all, all of Ludwig's victories are, are better than any victory that that Sargent has. I mean, one of Sargent's wins is the Eastlake Cup, only 18 holes. Sargent didn't win a conference title. Ludwig did. Ludwig's won the Prestige. I, I forget what, what what the other event he won, but it, it was definitely a, a tougher field than what Sargent's faced. So I think I think Ludwig doesn't have the luxury of playing quite as much this year because he's missed some tournaments to play on you know PG, PGA Tour events and such, but. Right now, if I had a vote, I would vote him. I mean, to win the Big 12 by eight shots and shoot 63 in the third round on Prairie Dunes, which is a really tough golf course when there's no wind and it's not 40, 50 degrees outside and it's not spit and rain too. I mean, that that was a, a big boy performance in Oklahoma. I, I guess there's one guy who keeps underestimating them, and that's me, but um, very solid showing. My one concern, though – though burko and we chatted about this before we hit uh hit the record button texas to me is a team that is in a little bit of trouble i think they have a little bit of a identity crisis i mean are are, are they the team that that the seniors are, are going to lead the way or is this a team that's transitioned to the three freshmen or the four freshmen you know do you have tommy morrison sitting at home but uh just to wrap kind of kind of what happened, uh, Travis Victor senior made the winning putt last year at Greyhawk, low amateur, got subbed out in the first round, uh, shot 78. Jacob Sosa had also shot 78, but Travis gets pulled. 
Keaton Vo comes in, uh, shoots six over over the last 54 holes. So solid performance by Keaton. I think maybe he's earned a spot in the lineup moving forward. Uh, Mason Nome uh, has been kind of up and down, had a, had a pretty disappointing fall and struggled to crack the lineup in the spring. You throw out an eight over 43 on the front nine today in the fourth and final round. And, you know, he shot even par for the tournament and he's right there in the top five and said he finishes T12, but I think maybe he's done enough. Brian Stark, a great uh, tournament, but I, I want to get your thought on this too, Burko, but to go back to Travis Vick for a minute, I just don't, I, I know John Fields has won two national championships. He's, uh, you know, gotten teams recently to the final two other times. So it's hard to question, you know, his, his strategy, but I, I just don't quite under, like I'm, scr- I'm scratching my head just a little bit on, on why you would take Travis Vick out of the lineup for a couple of reasons. And both of them kind of have something to do with PGA tour university. Travis Vick was ninth in PGA tour university, the top 10 get some form of corn Ferry tour status by subbing Travis out after 18 holes, you've just guaranteed him last place points to the, to, to the rest of the field. So if he's playing poorly, just don't play him. And at, at the same time, I know it's big 12s. I know it's a big event, but at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's not like your season's going to be over after this week. So stick it out w- with a guy who's, who's got you there. And I, I just felt like it was an unnecessary move in terms of Travis's future as well, because he's probably going to drop out of the top 10 now. Now he hasn't done himself any favors with how he's played this spring, but still, and then secondly, he's got to play regionals because if he doesn't, then he's ineligible for PGA Tour U at all. So what you've done is is you've just ruined the kid's confidence because you've taken him out after one round when he when he knows he's been struggling. So um, I don't know. I, I Again, I, I'm not trying to criticize Coach Fields because I think Coach Fields is one of the best coaches in the country and he's proven that over and over again. I just don't know if, if, if this was the right button to push. But then again, I'm not a college golf coach, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and Coach Fields obviously knows what he's doing, but we'll see. But I, I, I am pretty concerned now about Texas after last week being pretty high on them. Yeah, and, and things we need to consider not being there on site. Did Travis Vick come up to coach and say, you know what? No. Take me out. Probably not, but things you have to consider. If I'm John Fields and I love PGA Tour U, I could care less about what impact it has taking him out. I'm here to try to win a conference championship. If you're thinking about that, then I think you failed the rest of your team. But this is also a a coach and a team and a program at the same time that really takes pride in cultivating the talented players that they bring in. I mean, Coach Field has told me several times, especially using the – Pearson Cootie and Cole Hammer a couple of years ago when they played the Byron Nelson before regionals and went straight to regionals after playing the Walker cup and how he didn't want to deny them up the opportunity to get that professional experience and, and having that one eye looking forward to the professional careers. Like he didn't want to be the guy to tell them that, Hey, like you can't take advantage of this opportunity and play a PGA tour event. Cause we need you to be rested for college golf. So, um, I, I agree with you, Burko, but at the same time, I mean, like th- this is a program that that gets guys ready for the next level. And this move, in, in, in my opinion, kind of contradicts that. But again, like I'm not a college golf coach. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, we love Travis Vick. Uh, he has not played well this year. No, I saw no, him he's struggling. Played yeah, I saw him struggling at Pepperdine's event. That was three months ago. Um, he's a big boy. He's a senior. Maybe you got to take someone out to say, you know what? Not saying you're replaceable, but right now there are players yeah. on our program that are playing better than you and can replace you at yeah, this good, moment good if point. that makes a difference. Um, they're not the team they were a year ago. Plain and simple. Obviously, you lose the three seniors. Uh, it will be intriguing to see what regional site they end up going to. Um, those could be one of those teams that wrong site, things aren't clicking. You're relying on a lot of new faces while talented. Um, we'll say I don't want to get ahead of myself, but uh, I think it is a big uphill climb uh, for Texas um, to make a, a deep postseason run. Doesn't mean they can't. Um, but right now, uh, a lot of question marks there. Um, a fun one as always enjoyed, uh, joining you on the, uh, show and the podcast from Mexico. Uh, again, our thanks to Justin Silverstein for joining us right here on college golf talk. And again, to all those that tune in and listen, we thank you for your continued support. We'll do it all again next week. Hope you will join us in a little promo 1 PM Eastern next Wednesday. Eastern time on golf channel. We'll have the men's selection show. And then shortly thereafter, we'll wrap it up with another podcast. But for right now, Brentley Romine, Steve Burkowski saying thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you right back here for another edition of college golf. Talk. <laughs>